0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, September 25th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Roberts, tall order to pass farm bill before midterms. U.S., South Korea signed Chorus 2.0 and California citrus braces for loss of Chinese market. Roberts, a tall order to pass a farm bill before the midterm election. Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts of Kansas insists that negotiators continue to make progress on the Farm Bill, but he acknowledged that several major issues remain unsolved, including the commodity title as well as the food stamp work rules. Roberts acknowledged to reporters last night that the negotiations won't be completed by Sunday when the 2014 Farm Bill expires. And he said it would be a tall order to get a new bill passed before the November 6th congressional elections, since the House is expected to be out of session until the midterms. He said, I'm afraid we're going to go past the September 30 date. Roberts and the committee's ranking Democrat Debbie Stabenow of Michigan have said in recent weeks that they have until December to pass a new Farm Bill. U.S. and South Korea signing Chorus 2.0. There's now one less trade pact that American farmers have to worry about losing. President Donald Trump and South Korean President Moon Jae-in met yesterday in New York for the 73rd session of the United Nations General Assembly, and the two leaders signed off on the renegotiated United States-Korea Free Trade Agreement, or Chorus. The U.S. agriculture sector had celebrated the six-year-old course for boosting beef, pork, wheat, corn and sorghum trade through lower tariffs. But last year, Trump threatened to break up the pact because of the overall U.S. trade deficit with South Korea. USDA Chief Sonny Perdue likened the completion of the new course to a domino that will cause a chain reaction, spurring success in other negotiations. Perdue said, I am optimistic that the dominoes will continue to fall course then a new NAFTA and new agreements with the European Union, Japan and most notably China. California citrus farmers brace for loss of Chinese market. Traditionally, California would start shipping millions of cartons of oranges and lemons to China in December, but it's beginning to look like farmers are going to lose that market completely for this year's harvest thanks to the escalating trade war. Right now, we're not looking to have any marketing opportunity to China. That's the word of Joe Nelson, president of California Citrus Mutual, as he spoke to AgriPulse on the sidelines of the United Fresh Conference in Washington. That would be a major loss because the U.S. has been shipping 6.5 million cartons of oranges and 1.5 million cartons of lemons annually to China, Nelson said. First, China hit U.S. oranges and lemons with a 15% tariff in April to retaliate against the U.S. tariffs on steel and aluminum. Then in July, China hit the citrus with a 25% tariff on another round of retaliation, this one to protest U.S. tariffs to punish China for intellectual property theft including a base 11% tariff that China already levied on oranges and lemons. Chinese buyers would have to pay a total of 51% in import taxes to continue buying the fruit, and that doesn't look like it will be possible, according to Nelson. The Citrus Mutual president said the industry scouts are in China and Hong Kong now trying to drum up business, but so far there hasn't been any success. He said, we're looking at China. He said, we're looking at Hong Kong. And it's not looking good. No end to U.S.-China trade war in sight. If Citrus and other farmers are holding out hope for a quick resolution to the escalating U.S.-China trade war, USDA Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Affairs Ted McKinney has some bad news. He said yesterday that he's optimistic that the U.S. and China will be able to eventually put their differences aside and to end the current trade conflict, but he also stressed that it won't likely be happening soon. McKinney said, I don't think it's a day or a week or a month. I think more and more into months than anything else. McKinney confirmed that U.S. and Chinese negotiators had been scheduled to meet this week, but that meeting was canceled after the U.S. and China hit each other with new tariffs yesterday. Still, McKinney said he's not ready to label the disputes as a trade war. He said, we're trying to fix some problems that have been coming for a long, long time with China. He said, I don't know how long we'll be in this trade dispute with China. I'm not ready to call it a trade war. But if you want to, that's fine. Justice asks court to rethink chlorpyrifos ban. The Justice Department has asked the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to take another look at its decision ordering EPA to ban chlorpyrifos by October 8th. By requesting the rehearing of the August 9 decision, the Justice Department is effectively postponing the date by which EPA would have to cancel registrations for the widely used insecticide. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue praised the decision to ask for a rehearing, saying that the Ninth Circuit's decision appears to be based on a misunderstanding of both the available scientific information and EPA's pesticide regulatory system. Supporters of the ban who petitioned the agency and filed suit in the Ninth Circuit said that President Donald Trump's EPA is putting off the ban despite the overwhelming scientific evidence that chlorpyrifos is linked to brain damage in children and farmworker poisonings. Former EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt announced in March 2017 that Chlorperfos could continue to be used through 2022, rejecting a proposal by his own agency to ban the chemical. Appeals Court Rejects Conduit Theory of Clean Water Act Regulation. A federal appeals court decision issued yesterday could make it more likely that the Supreme Court will step in to decide whether the Clean Water Act prohibits discharges of pollutants through groundwater that is hydrologically connected to navigable waters. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in Cincinnati said it does not lending weight to a pending petition asking the Supreme Court to examine the legality of the conduit theory, which holds that discharges from a point source into groundwater that flows into navigable water can be regulated under the Clean Water Act. The Sixth Circuit case concerns discharges of coal ash from a Tennessee Valley Authority power plant in Sumner County, Tennessee. Agricultural groups are worried that under the conduit theory, as the California Farm Bureau Federation put in its comments to EPA earlier this year, virtually any type of discharge, eventually reaching a navigable water via groundwater, would require a federal discharge permit. The decision to reverse the lower court's decision was two to one, with one judge dissenting. Fly, butterflies, fly. If you happen to be on Capitol Hill this evening, you might just get to take part in a monarch butterfly release. The Congressional Pollinator Protection Caucus is letting 50 monarchs fly free this evening at 6.30 p.m. And the first 50 people there get the pleasure of letting one of them loose. The event is designed to bring awareness to the declining monarch population and what Americans can do to help. Well, here's today's He Said It. That could be a six-beer conversation. That was USDA Undersecretary Ted McKinney responding to a question on why the Trump administration prefers bilateral trade deals and frowns on multilateral pacts like the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, September 25th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and by Dairy Management Incorporated.